Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. I think God is really asking us, who are you going to be a slave to? In today's reading, it was smack dab in your face. It was to me. Look, what are you going to do? You're going to be a slave to sin or are you going to be a slave to me? And that's a real intense question because I know that there are people out there right now who are listening to this that are battling with mortal sin. And they're battling with venial sin. They're battling the vicious behavior, the vicious thoughts, the the vicious acts that they do versus the righteous acts and the virtue living that we should be doing. One has to do with obedience, and the other one is just being a slave to what the world has lied to us about, who have convinced us somehow, some way that, hey, you can't live your life without this, without being a glutton, without being addicted, without having these substances in your life. You also cannot live your life by forgiving this person by mending this relationship. It's really that simple. It's the two strategies of the devil. Number one, to get you to sin. And number two, to get you to ruin all the good relationships in your life. Every relationship. He doesn't want you to have a loving, kind, respectful, spiritual relationship like God created us for. And maybe last but not least, you are not taking your steps toward God. So you're finding that it's even harder to fight the fight because you don't have that prayer life. You don't have that relationship. You have not determined with a decision that you're going to be engaged in your spiritual walk, which will then help you with your physical life, your corporal life here on earth, where you can be obedient to Christ. And you can be a slave to him and not to sin. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to read the readings, but we're going to pray right now to the Holy Spirit to touch our hearts. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, come Holy Spirit into our hearts, into our minds, into our souls, Ignite our spirit on fire. Help us to hear your word, to hear your promises, and to make those changes in our lives. Help 
us change our desires. As we hear these words, help us know exactly what you want us to do. Take away the scales. Allow us to hear what we need to hear so that we can be those obedient slaves to you. With your grace, as you always give us enough to walk away from that vicious behavior, those vicious words and thoughts, and run to you to take comfort in your heart, in your ways. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, here we go. Romans 6, 12 through 18, brothers and sisters, sin must not reign over your mortal bodies so that you obey their desires. And do not present the parts of your bodies to sin as weapons for wickedness, but present yourselves to God as raised from the dead to life and the parts of your bodies to God as weapons for righteousness. For sin is not to have any power over you. Sin, whoop, since you are not under, okay, let me say that one again. For sin is not to have any power over you since you are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? Of course not. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey, either of sin which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that although you were once slaves of sin, you have become obedient from the heart to the pattern. You have become obedient from the heart to the pattern of teaching to which you were entrusted. Freed from sin, you have become slaves of righteousness. Okay, Gospel of Luke 12, 39 through 48. Jesus says to his disciples, Be sure of this. If the master of the house had known the hour when the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be prepared, for at an hour you do not expect the Son of Man will come. Then Peter said, Lord, is this parable meant for us or for everyone? And the Lord replied, Who then is the faithful and prudent steward whom the master will put in charge of his servants to distribute the food allowance at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master on arrival finds doing so. Truly I say to you, he will put him in charge of all his property. But if that servant says to himself, my master is delayed in coming and begins to beat the men servants and the maid servants to eat and drink and get drunk, then that servant's master will come on an unexpected day and at an unknown hour and will punish the servant severely Hmm. and assign him a place with the unfaithful. That servant who knew his master's will but did not make preparations nor act in accord with his will, shall be beaten severely. And the servant who was ignorant of the master's will but acted in a way of deserving a severe beating shall be beaten only lightly. Much will be required of the person entrusted with much, and still more will be demanded 
of the person entrusted with more. I mean, holy cow. It's all about obeying, being slaves to God and not to sin, and ultimately saving our souls. So where are you at with your sinful life? We're all battling something. There's no judgment here, people. <laughs> Not at all. But we have, to, we have to go and say, okay, Lord, come into my heart and change it. I give this sin to you. I give this lack of control over this stronghold in my life. I give it to you. You may be at a part where you don't even know how you're going to live your life without this particular sin in it or this vice, whatever we want to call it. That's why we have to ask God to change our hearts. I remember when I was in my very first consecration to Jesus through Mary, my very first one. And when I went to the thought of maybe I don't want pot in my life anymore. Then I immediately took that thought back and I said, no, 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 no. I don't want that out of my life because I don't know how I would be. I thought I needed to have pot in order to relax, in order to take the stress off of me, in order to get through the day. Uh, in some cases, I was like, okay, my life is boring, so I might as well get high and change my state of being. I mean, things, the reasons why I was smoking, just again, when you look at them in a sober state and you list them out, even on a piece of paper, and you look and you say, geez, none of these are really good for me. <laughs> none of these make any sense why I would continue down this path. What about alcohol or some other substance or even pornography or anything that changes your state of being? It gets you high, has you climax, something that even food, food can bring on that same type of hormonal high. So when you look at yourself, when you don't have control over what you're putting in your mouth and you are addicted to sugar and carbs, I'm telling you, I've been battling. It's now what? <laughs> Wednesday. It's Wednesday. I went out to lunch yesterday with my dad. I had a couple glasses of wine. And then later on that night, I had a little bit of food, but I was very bloated. I think it was the wine. Paying attention, right? Did I need that wine? No, but I was very bloated from it. And I just paid attention and I realized, okay, wait a minute. This isn't, <laughs> this isn't serving me. I feel gross. I feel like I've got a, you know, I'm six, seven months pregnant. I mean, even my husband said, whoa, what is going on? I'm like, I have no idea. But I can't even imagine if I was eating the way that I used to eat 
with all of those carbs and all of that sugar. I don't even remember how horrible I felt back then until recently when I went on my caramel rampage and I'm still trying to get my body back into ketosis. And I'm not making the best choices by having a couple of glasses of wine, which match my total carb intake for the day. So I have a feeling that when I came home and I had more vegetables, onions, peppers, etc., I just went overboard. And I don't think my, my body is still completely back in the shape that it needs to, <laughs> that it needs to be in without going too far down a path, which I've already done. Sorry about that. But that is life. And if you're not paying attention and you don't list the things and why you're not feeling good and why because of something else that makes you feel that way. So again, if I go back to my sugar, that was poison to me. And it's taking my body some time to get back into the groove that it was in. Was it worth it? No. Did it bring me into hell? Like, I don't think that my gluttonous behavior by having 12 caramels is going to sacrifice my soul, right? I'm not going to hell for that. But it certainly wasn't being obedient and temperance. Temperant. I wasn't in control, so to speak. I just, you know, fell back into my old ways. This is how it goes, everyone. You may have thought that you've been past this sin and then all of a sudden it creeps in and boom, you fall after like being gone for years. That's how it works. That's why we have to be paying attention, being on high alert, vigilant, which was my word yesterday. And we have to make a choice. So today, can we choose God? Every day we have to make that choice. Get to confession. Run to confession. Masstimes.org. Go there. Put in your zip code. This goes for the people in the United States only. Sorry about that. Put in your zip code and then you can select the day, whether you're looking for mass, for confession, or adoration, and get in there. Here's what that will do. It is better than an exorcism. If you sit down and you truly go through all of the things that you want to confess, your venial sins, I know confessions for mortal sins, but hey, when you're on that venial track, (laughs) you got to go. You got to keep cleansing yourself. You have to keep casting out these demons, which is exactly what confession does. It's better than an exorcism, so go. But write things down. Make sure that you think about your life and look at the vices and the virtues and write down when you are not that virtuous, righteous person, when you are a slave to sin. And then ask the Lord to change your heart. We have to do it every single day. Take each day as it comes. You know, it's not easy to look at this big monster that you're fighting right now and look 
years down the line or even to another month. I mean, we just have to look at today and have God's grace be there for us today so that we can do what we need to do today to be obedient and to be slaves to him and not sin so that we can be these pillars of righteousness that other people can look at and can hopefully imitate and where we can glorify God why they, you know, come up and ask us and say, hey, how come you finally lost that weight? How come you finally stopped drinking? How come you finally stopped, I don't know, having an adulterous affair, watching pornography, being so rude to people or being angry or judgmental? So many things that we do that people can look at us and say, hey, wait a minute, you're not like that anymore. What happened? And then we give God the credit and we glorify him and it's awesome. And we're on the other side. We're free from that snare, that little bird, you know, think about the bird that has the little snare. God just lets our leg go and we're free. Anyway, okay. Since we already prayed, I'm going to say a brief one and then I'll let you get on your day. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit, and change our desires. We really do want to be obedient. Help us identify how stupid our sins are. Help us list and put it in front of our face. What these strongholds really do in our lives which cause us nothing but pain, sometimes money, sometimes relationships, sometimes a physical hangover or a physical ailment. Sometimes it is ruining relationships. Lord, help us to see what the evil one doesn't want us to see, the truth. Mary, please take us to your son. We need your help. We're your children. You see how broken we are. You know how great we could be. So we ask that you shower us with grace. Take our petitions to Jesus to change our desires and our hearts so that we love to be obedient, so that we imitate you who gave up your entire life to bring God to this earth. And we thank you so much, Mary. Please ask your Holy Spirit, your beloved spouse, to fill us today so we have love and zeal and joy just with you and with nothing else. And help us to keep it all day long. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Don't give up. If you've been on the other side, this goes back to our discernment of spirits. If you've been on the other side of sin, and now maybe you're in a little desolation, possibly caused by you because you're not praying or you're not keeping God the center of your life. So as we again fall more back into the world and worldly ways, 
God's voice gets dimmer. It's very light, but evil's voice is very, very, very loud. If you've been in and out of desolation and consolation, you know the difference. You know the difference. It's clear as day. Get back to confession. Turn it around. That is exactly what the rules say. If you're in desolation, know that consolation will be coming, but that you have to do something about it. Yes, it's God. It's our, it's our humility. We give it to God. It's only given to us from him. It's his grace, not us. Not all the things that we do. Hey, look at us. I'm so great. But we've got to move. God doesn't want us to sit there and say, well, I'm just going to sit here and wait until you pour your grace out on me, God. No. He wants us to say, okay, I'm going back to my spiritual practices that I had. Did I get up at 5 a.m. this morning? 520. Did I finish all my prayers? Yeah, I did. Am I happier? Do I feel better because I put forth that effort? I do. Do I feel like I gave God my first fruits? I do. Do I feel like I'm on cloud nine from praying and, you know, like I'm way on the mountaintop? Not so much. But I am going to go to confession today. I need confession more and more because it helps me to review myself. It helps me to keep myself in check, especially when I review those examination of consciences that have to do with the Ten Commandments or me as a spouse. All you have to do is go out on that search engine of yours, just type in USCCB and then examination of conscience and it'll take you to the page and you can look at whichever examine you need to. Grab a pen, make it matter and get yourself into confession and cleanse your soul. That is going to help you get back into that state of consolation where you're going to feel lighter. You will have cast out those demons that are now obsessing your thoughts or they're oppressing you from the outside. They're not going to stop everyone. They do kind of move on if you're a super duper prayer person. If you are like the saints and pray man, mental prayer, manual prayer, <laughs> it's almost manual, mental prayer every day, which means sitting with God's word, sitting with scripture, sitting with spiritual writings, even sitting with the crucifix, you just staring at Jesus on the crucifix. If you meditate for 15 minutes, just sit and ask God to give you what he wants you to do today, then that is mental prayer. There's a conclusion that comes out, and then we have to pray for the grace to do it. And sometimes the conclusion may be something bizarre. You've all heard, well, maybe not all of you, but the time that I came in, in and out of prayer and God just kept saying, call your mom, call your mom, call your mom. And I didn't want to, but I did. And she talked me right off of the edge and it was a very short conversation, and I was so grateful. That was what God wanted me to do, and I did it. it. Didn't make any sense to me while I was in the process of it, but when it was all said and done, 
I got the message clearly and I thanked him. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you for my mom. Thank you for making me call her. Okay, don't give up. I don't know why I feel like I've got to be out there saying this because I have a feeling there's a lot of you who are just like, ugh. And if you're in the States, we're going into that fall time and it's getting darker earlier and it's staying darker later. And you can just be pulled down from the seasonal changes. You know, they call it seasonal affective disorder. And you could also pull yourself right back up and ask God to fill you with his zeal, increase your prayer time. I'm telling you, I'm finding that darkness is where my prayer is the best. So take advantage of the darkness. Maybe you're not even up that early, but you're still able to be in the darkness where you don't have those distractions that are in the light. Okay, now I'm just talking to talk, but (laughs) I love you so much. I just want you all to just take a moment and say, okay, even if you don't want this sin gone, pray for the desire to have your heart changed. You might be shocked. Alrighty, I love you all so much. Find something more with God, soul, mind, and body, and have a blessed and inspired day.